Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to episode 54 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're taking you with us to the beautiful island of Palawan in the Philippines. And the Philippines is always going to have a really special place in my heart because I am half Filipina. And I feel like the Philippines in general is just so underrated, but truly it's a hidden gem with so much to offer. There's so much to do. And in this episode, we're specifically going to be focusing on the island of Palawan. And Palawan's famous for its beaches, the underground river, and we just can't wait to tell you all about it. I love Palawan. I have gone with Brittany twice to the Philippines, and each of those two times, we have gone to Palawan with her family on family vacations, going back to her motherland. And I can definitively say Palawan is one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been to on earth. And I truly believe that it should be on every avid traveler's bucket list. That's for sure. It is absolutely on my bucket list. The whole country of the Philippines is on my bucket list. And for all of you listening to us right now, do yourselves a favor and Google image search Palawan. It is gorgeous. Just do that and set yourself up for this episode. I cannot wait until I actually have the chance to physically go there myself. It's been on the top of my bucket list for as long as I've known Brittany. That's 18 years now. (laughs) (laughs) You were going to go. I was, but then we got diverted to the Caribbean, but it's still on the top of my bucket list. I cannot wait to go. And I have been to Thailand, so it's kind of similar in the way that it looks with the beautiful, big stacked rocks and cliffs. And if it's anything like Thailand, I know I'm going to love it. I have not been to the Philippines, but I'm super excited for this episode because anytime Jamal and Brittany talk about the Philippines, they've got some wild stories. Like they've almost died in a monsoon. Jamal had to call the police because Brittany was apparently kidnapped. Um, (laughs) Jamal took a ham in his luggage to the Philippines. I mean, just like wild stories that I love. Real wild stories. None of those particularly happened on Palawan, but we'll get to it when we do a general Philippines episode, I guess, or maybe if we have the right segue into it for those stories in this episode. But let me just say something. I want to make an agreement right now. Squad trip squad to the trip, Philippines squad trip. after COVID. Oh what do you God, say? Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I want to go to Ming and Saul. I can't wait to go back to Manganasol, and I'm going to get to it when we talk further in this episode because I've mentioned it so many times to Zaina. I'm going to let all you listeners know what it is later on in this episode. So let's get right into it. Start with the tips. Palawan travel tips. Hit us with them. So in the Philippines, the currency that they use is pesos, and it's approximately 50 pesos to one U.S. dollar. And everything in the Philippines is super cheap. The most expensive thing is going to be your plane ticket. But in terms of like eating out or transportation, everything is super cheap. So you really want to carry small change because if you have a lot of large bills, you might not have the opportunity to break them. Yeah. And in a lot of places too, do keep in mind cash is king in a lot of countries, particularly in the Philippines. Yes, if you're in a resorty area or hotel, they will have credit cards and not saying that a lot of shops don't take it, but do be mindful. You do want to have a good amount of currency in the Philippines. And Brittany is right. Do have that small change, especially because it's a great place to try street food. And, you know, these street vendors don't have a credit card machine. So you want to have small bills on you and cash on you. And when you take transportation, they don't have credit cards either. So you need to pay for it in exact change in cash. Do you feel like if you had a large bill, people kind of give you flack and don't don't have the change or don't want to give you change? Yes. And I also think that the Philippines is a third world country, as beautiful as it is. So if mm-hmm. they see you pulling out a larger bill, they might say that they don't have change to give mm-hmm. back to you. I see. I see. 
It's almost like Mexico in that sense, for example. Like, even though in Mexico they have large denominations of their bills too, a lot of people can't break them. Same situation in the Philippines. I, you know, as you were describing it, all I could think about was Mexico because they called their dollars pesos as well. And I remember just needing water and all I had was a big bill from the ATM and no one wanted to break it so I can get water. And I'm like, this is your money. This is what you gave me. This sucks. So, so Jamal, why don't you tell us the next tip because you need it the most. I need both of these ones the most. And thanks for throwing shade at me and saying I'm so <laughs> pale and white skinned. If you've listened to many, many episodes, you know I'm notorious for getting burns. I have a great burn story, which happened in Palawan, which we'll go over. But that leads us to our next tip. Definitely do bring some sunscreen. If you're skin sensitive like me, maybe carry that aloe vera too, just to help soothe it. <laughs> it can't hurt. And definitely do bring bug spray and mosquito repellent. You are in a tropical place, tropical islands in the Pacific. You want that mosquito repellent and bug repellent just as well. I love the fact that you said bring aloe vera because I cannot tell you how many times we've traveled and Jamal always gets burnt and every single place in the world, Brittany has gone into a pharmacy or you, Jamal, to buy the aloe vera. You know, I'm giving out tips and this is one time where you should probably sh throw shade at me for coming unprepared. I can't tell you how many little mini bottles of aloe vera I've bought along the way when I've gotten burned <laughs> and I have a collection of them and I always forget to bring them on the trips. But nonetheless, I do pick up some aloe vera because I need it. How about English? What's the English speaking like there for the Americans heading over? So in all of the tourist settings, everyone speaks English. And in general, most people speak English. So it's mm. very easy to get around cool. and communicate with people. In fact, in most cities, the signs are in English as well. Oh, cool. I found that to be really interesting throughout all the Philippines, let alone just Palawan. Like Brittany said, the street signs all in English. I've never seen it in the native language. It's funny. The only thing I really see in the native language is the news when they have it on. Mm -hmm. But street signs, everything like that, all in English. So you're in good hands. But again, with any foreign country that you go to, we always recommend knowing some key phrases in the local language. So do look that up. But you will be fine getting by with just English. What's a key phrase that you should know? Salamat, which means Salamat. thank you. Thank you. How about cheers? I don't know cheers. Oh, you guys, you can obviously tell I was not on the trip to Palawan. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have known. That would have been an answer you would have just given to all of us instead of asking the question. Well, I owe it to our listeners to go and Well, when we back. have the squad trip, you're going to know it for be the first one. The Filipino people are so happy and just trying to communicate with them and using just small key phrases just goes a long way. They really like want to make your experience better there. And so if you throw out a thank you or just treat them with respect, they just go above and beyond for you. Oh, that's nice. Another really good tip to know about the Philippines is yes, you can probably do some things on your own, but the Philippines really is a country where you're gonna want to do the tours. There is transportation, but their local bus system isn't really even super organized. You get around in little tricycles like you would see maybe in Thailand or what they call jeepneys, which are like private buses. So there aren't really any definitive lines. So transportation is really hard to do. So therefore, we do recommend that you book tours. So yes, get to your destination, whatever city you're going to, but look on Viate or look on this one company called Mango Tours. Every time we've gone to the Philippines, we've used them. They arrange somebody to pick you up from the airport, take you to your hotel, give you tours in the city that you're going to be in. So do look into using Viator and Mango Tours. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah, my mom is a Filipino native, and every time she goes on vacation with us as a big group, she always books us through Mango Tours. Another tip that we have is that pocket Wi-Fi would be really helpful because in the Philippines, a lot of the Wi-Fi in the hotels is super, super shitty. Like they might advertise it, but you're not really going to get a good connection. So it would be good to have pocket Wi-Fi with you. That's very, very true. I can't tell you how many times I've been struggling to check my work email for like 30 minutes waiting to like open it and load. So definitely do get that pocket Wi-Fi. You're going to need it. And is that something that you would get online and have them mail to you like you did with Japan? So they don't have a system like that, like Japan does, but 
bring a pocket Wi-Fi from here and take it like with you. There are other companies for that. And that's what we would recommend people actually do. Just do your research online, Google pocket Wi-Fi, get it from here and take it with you. Okay. And how big is the island? Like what airport did you fly into or... How many airports do they have? Yeah, so Palawan is one of the many islands of the Philippine archipelago. I love that term, (laughs) right? And it's actually quite large, but it's very, very narrow. So it's almost the distance of the entire length of California, but really, really thin. So there are two main airports. One is Puerto Princesa, which is actually the capital of that island and province. And that is in the center of the island. So it's at a good starting point in that sense that it's very central. The other main one is in El Nido, which is in the very northern end of the island. But do keep in mind wherever you go in the Philippines, pretty much everything is routed through Manila, which is their capital on on a different island. So if you're in Puerto Princesa and you want to go ahead and get to El Nido, You're not going to be able to have a flight from there to El Nido. You're going to have to go back to Manila, Manila to El Nido. So otherwise, then it's just driving. So that's just a general tip of the Philippines. Everything is rerouted through Manila. There's no like really directs between other smaller cities. Oh, I have one last tip that I just thought of that I wanted to share with you guys. So, you know, when we went to China, they have the squatty toilets. And we went to Japan, they have the toilets with the bidets. In the Philippines... (laughs) They also take going to the bathroom very seriously and connected to each toilet is a spray hose for you to wash up with. So you're going to find it in every single hotel in your accommodations, a toilet with a spray hose to clean uh, you off. I think Americans are just the nastiest bathroom people in the whole world. <laughs> we really Everywhere are. else has some kind of water and cleansing contraption except for america other countries like to keep it fresh and the philippines is one of them yeah so whereas in japan like you said Brittany, they have the bidets within the toilets these ones are just the straight hoses but that tip (laughs) led me to think of another tip so rest assured any hotel that you're going to be in is going to be regular western style toilets have a seat but i will say this a lot of public toilets that i've came across in the philippines are western style toilets but without the seat. And I know we've touched on that in some other episodes. I can't stand when I see that. So do be advised there may be situations where you come across a public toilet that doesn't have the seat. Good tip, Jamal. Get your squat game on. Get your squat game on. And you know, about those hoses though in the bathroom, Jamal and I, our parents have hoses in their bathroom. They brought it back from the Middle East and they installed it in the bathroom. That's exactly what the Philippines hoses look like they just look like hoses that are connected to the toilet just like the ones that you have at your parents house so the hoses in a public space though kind of like grosses me out because it's like how dirty was someone's hand when they grabbed that hose like did they wipe yet or did they not wipe yet you know that's a really good question question. if you're concerned about it use some toilet paper to grab the hose i guess That's a really good tip. But you know what, Jamal, you don't go into the ladies' rooms often. They sometimes don't have toilet paper and just have the hoses. Mm. So just keep that in mind as well. And another thing to be aware of, some of these hoses, they got pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Could be a good thing or a bad thing. Not good in public, but maybe in the private bathrooms. My mom installed some of these hoses in her home and my sister went to go visit her and she was like, oh my God, I almost blew my vagina off with the pressure of that hose. Oh my God. So you got to be careful on that. Too much pressure could ruin the day. Spray cautiously. But you know, I mean, it just makes me laugh because these are all S words. Spray, squat, shake. All all going down in the Philippines bathroom. Triple S. (laughs) So I just want to give you guys a little bit of background information on Palawan and It is one of the most beautiful islands in 2016. It was actually rated the most beautiful island in the world by travel and leisure. And it just has such incredible natural seascapes and landscapes ranging from jungle to white sand beaches. And it is one of the most biodiverse islands in the Philippines with wildlife. What kind of wildlife are we talking about? You're going to see some big iguanas and lizards out there. I think it's called the Philippine eagle. It's a really rare endangered bird, but they're one of the largest eagles in the world. They are native to the island of Palawan, but they are endangered. So you're going to be really lucky if you see it. 
And I guess these aren't truly natives to the area, but they do have a wildlife refuge area where we went to go see giant saltwater crocs out there too. So if they get loose and out in the wild, it's perfect habitat for them. It's almost like Florida with people releasing those pythons and now they're just abundant. I think the crocs might be getting abundant over there too. (laughs) (laughs) They're taking back their lands. And both times that we've gone to the Philippines, we've flown from Manila, which is the capital of the Philippines, to Puerto Princesa, which is where we start our vacation each time. And Jamal, why don't you tell us a little bit about Puerto Princesa? Yeah, so again, Puerto Princesa is the capital of the province and island of Palawan. It is in the center of the island on the western side. And it's a really beautiful city with lots of stuff to do. One of our favorite things to do there, other than seeing the city itself, they do have a beautiful bay walk area where locals and tourists can see beautiful sunsets and it has jogging pathways and most people go there at night to actually eat a lot of street vendors are doing pop-up restaurants out there so you can eat traditional style right along the boardwalk and the beach eating on banana leaves sharing communal it's really really fun i love the baywalk area well the sharing communal i'm pretty sure was pre-covid it was pre-covid but in the philippines you know the meals are very important with family like everyone sits down and a lot of the times in the philippines they actually eat with their hands and so the traditional meal on the banana leaves is called a kamayan meal and because kamai means hand And so you're grabbing all of these things off of the banana leaves with your hands. But when you go as a tourist, obviously, they're going to have forks and stuff like that with you. Yeah, I mean, in the day of COVID, who knows? But realistically, you know, it is something that's traditional and definitely fun to do. And I would highly recommend if you're going to Puerto Princesa, because that's a good spot to go to see everyday city life of the natives. But realistically, there's so much to do in Puerto Princesa and the vicinity One of my favorite things that we did when we were in Puerto Princesa is go to Honda Bay. And I loved Honda Bay. It has some of the best snorkeling that you can do. And they have so many little clusters of islands in that bay that you can do tours to to go. And it's just so, so beautiful. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Brittany? So if you've ever gone snorkeling, you need to go snorkeling here because you can see so much here we saw one clam that was about three feet wide and you're going to see abundant marine life they actually have an island called starfish island that's known for all of the starfish Mm. and it has a sandbar so it is a really great place to go snorkeling and i think you'll be absolutely amazed with what you see is the water very clear the water is super clear super warm i mean you're in the pretty much tropic areas so warm water crystal clear blue And on top of that, in terms of just the general wildlife that's out there and the water, snorkeling, coral reefs, everything's beautiful. The Philippines is known also for its whale shark population. And whale sharks are huge. They're gentle giants. And in Honda Bay, during the months of April to October, that's their season where you can go out there and actually swim with the whale sharks. Unfortunately, when we've gone, it wasn't during that season, so we didn't get to do that. But when we go back one of these days, I want to go out there and do the snorkeling swimming mm-hmm. with the whale sharks. I think that would be so freaking awesome. That would be cool. Why be are a they little scary, but, but cool? I know, right? Well, that was my question is, why are they gentle giants? Why don't they eat you? Well... Just like all life, whether it be terrestrial on land or in the sea, some are carnivores, some are herbivores. And so not that the whale sharks eat plants only, but they aren't giant predators. They're just not violent. And I don't think sharks like that. They're, they're whales. They're gentle giants. Okay. And also in Honda Bay, they have another island that's popular called Cowrie Island, and it's known for the cowrie shells. And on this island, they also have cabanas and spa huts right up your alley, Kim. And they offer a buffet lunch. I wonder if they still do with COVID, but they did offer a buffet lunch and you can get it for like 300 pesos. And again, 50 pesos is a dollar. So for like $6, you can do a buffet lunch. What kind of food was in the buffet? Take us through this bread. I mean, lots of stuff. They're going to have tropical fruits. Obviously, you're in the tropics, but a lot of Filipino food. That's what I was going to say. Lots of Filipino food. You're going to have lumpia. You're going to have chicken, chicken adobo, rice, Um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, really, you're not going to be disappointed when you 
walk away from a buffet in the Philippines, especially in one of the touristy spots. They're always really good. But you can get to Honda Bay from Puerto Princesa one of two ways. You can either take the local tricycles and you'll see any tricycle out on the street. They're so popular and you can take one of those out there. Or again, our recommendation would be to do one of the guided tours. Any hotel that you stay at is probably going to have a vendor that you can book through. But again, we do recommend Viator. And there's so many islands out in Honda Bay, little sandbars. So each tour is going to be different. You can choose which islands you want to go to for the island hopping, depending on the tour. So do look at that and do your research. But you're not going to be disappointed if you go out there. So another place that we visited in Puerto Princesa or right outside of it is the Palawan Wildlife Rescue and Conservation Center. And they really focus on the conservation of crocodiles. And their aim is to preserve and conduct further research on the endangered species of crocs. And they have an eight acre facility that has room for up to 4,000 of these crocodiles. How many are actually there? You know, I don't really know. It changes all the time. When we were there, I mean, we saw a lot. They had a lot of other wild animals there, too. I don't even know what it was. Do you remember what it was that I was holding that I have one of my famous photos? It almost looks like a sloth. Yeah, it's almost like a sloth, but it's not a sloth. And then they have peacocks out there, if I'm not mistaken, and ostriches. So it is a wildlife conservation area again they mainly focus on the crocs but i couldn't tell you definitively how many they have out there so it is i don't want to say a tourist trap because i definitely enjoyed it but it is something to do within the city and i would definitely recommend if you have a little bit of time to definitely do it they have a room where they keep their newly born baby crocodiles and you they have them separated by like stages so like you're going to see ones that are like less than a week old some that are like one month old a few that are a few months old and you kind of keep going and you see the progression of their lifespan and then outside of that room they have the older crocodiles that are like under five feet in length and then they have some huge ass crocodiles there was one that was so big we had to walk over a bridge over the enclosure and you just see the size of its head and it's like the size of my torso Yeah, I was like half the size of your body. I said to myself, my God, what if this little bridge collapses? I was like, (laughs) I'm over this giant croc. This thing's going to fucking destroy me if I fall into there. But it's really cool to see them, so many of them, so close up. I really did enjoy that for sure. Hey, travelers. We want to stop for a quick minute to tell you about a really exciting product we put together just for you. As you all know, we love getting you excited to visit places for yourself by sharing what we did and making it easier by giving you squad tips that we learned along the way. The Travel Squad has created something to provide even more value for you in addition to our episodes by detailing trip itineraries and comprehensive multi-page guides with everything you need to know to do the trip right. These itineraries include information on what to see and do in the area, where to stay, directions for the best routes, and even where to eat along the way, and we put them into these beautiful PDF guides just for you. We created itineraries for a week in Yellowstone and Grand Tetons, Big Island, Hawaii, and an itinerary for an American Southwest road trip. Woo! And so many more itineraries to come. We are so excited to announce that they are now available to purchase on our website. So go over to travelsquadpodcast.com to get yours today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another really cool thing to do in Puerto Princesa is go to Baker's Hill. 
And this place is on top of a hilltop and there's a whole bunch of bake shops on the hill. And so you can get a lot of sweet, tasty treats. But what I really, really like about it, if you remember to what I was saying earlier, the island is super narrow. So at Baker's Hill, at the top, you can see to the west, the Sulu Sea, and then you could look over to the east and see the South China Sea. Cool. So you can see both sides of it, and it's really, really cool. And sweet, tasty treats are up there just as well. And they have a lot of caricature statues of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That they have one of Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Hmm. Uh, I took it's a random. Fo- I, I know. I took a photo. Uh, Getting a little too close for comfort with her, I'm sure. <laughs> One of the Closer times than there. the bull in New York City? Um, <laughs> just as close. <laughs> just as close. Okay, I have a serious question, though. Can you describe these sweet, tasty treats? What is a Filipino sweet, tasty treat? Well, they're mostly known for, like, their baked breads. And I don't know if anyone has had, like, a pandasol roll, which is just, like... Imagine just a warm, crispy on the outside roll and then stuffed with ube in the center. What's ube? Which is like a purple sweet yam. And it's super good. My mom, when we were growing up, she would get the pandasol bread and we would take it and make hot chocolate and dip the bread in the chocolate. It's funny. I don't recall your mom ever making that for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell her the next time she's here. I do recall fried bananas and those were good. Oh, yeah. Gotta love those fried bananas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so they have a lot of Filipino sweet treats, but again, they will have regular westernized baked goods up there. So it's definitely really cool. Again, a whole bunch of individual shops, and they make it really like an attraction with those fun statues, cool gardens, and again, the amazing views to see both sides of the island and just see the different seas, South China and the Sulu Sea. The next place that we're going to talk about in Puerto Princesa is actually on the way to the underground river but we're going to get to that in a little bit there is a place called yugong rock adventures and i highly recommend doing this little stopover there's actually a viator so we're going to give you guys a little widget to take a look at it and it costs about 60 to 70 dollars on viator and what it is is it's an area where you can repel and spelunk through a cave oh you love your caves we love our caves. Does anyone know what spelunking is? Yeah, it's where you um, climb down the wall and you repel. Like, yeah, repel. <laughs> is that correct? Yes, yeah, so you're in the cave and you're actually doing some cave climbing, whether it be like up or down. That's spelunking. So you do that in the cave, but you really spelunk up because when you get to the top, you have that climactic zip line through the jungle because we didn't say this cave is in the middle of the philippine jungle in palawan so you get to the top of the cave and then you have that climactic zip line and you could either do it one or two ways you can superman it so laying flat which i would highly recommend or you could do the more boring route and sit so if you're the more boring person doing the sit i'm slightly judging you from this side of the microphone go the sitting route gotta superman (laughs) it oh kim i'm judging you you're gonna sit it really of course why I play it safe. Got a Superman. I want to say that when, I don't know if you could for each one, but for the Superman, it did allow you to um, record yourself on your phone in that position. Mm. So Okay, then um, maybe I would have to go Superman <laughs> in that case. <laughs> but it was super fun. I was so proud of my mom for doing this too. In fact, my brother was here and he's afraid of heights. And he was like, I think I'm just going to hike down. And my mom was like, Ty, don't you want to zip line? I'll zipline if you zipline. And mm-hmm. so that's the only reason my brother ziplined because my mom did it too. <laughs> I can't believe Tyler was about to wimp out. I don't remember that. Aww. Tyler hates heights. Mm. <laughs> Gosh. Well, you know, mom to the rescue. I remember when I was 15 years old and I was at a water park with Jamal and we were going to go down two racer water slides and it goes straight down and it was super high up. And when we got to the top, I chickened out. So I went like back. you wait, always wait, do wait, for water slides. Was this in January in Dubai? Because this sounds very familiar. <laughs> I'm not. a. You know what? Put me on a roller coaster. The craziest one. I can do a roller coaster all day, every day. But water slides freak me out. So I did the walk of shame down the water slide. Typical Zana. Yeah. And Jamal went down all by himself. So I met him down there, passing everyone as they're climbing up to the top. Deja vu. It was re- 
<laughs> it was really high. Anyways, I went back to my parents because, you know, this was a family little trip. You know, Jamal and I were 15, 13, respectively. And I told my mom what happened. And she's like, really? I've already done it twice. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Brittany's mom's a trooper just like our moms, Zaina. Pretty much. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? When I'm 50, 60 years old, I'll be able to do the water slides. Yeah, but I would really recommend this. This is awesome. This again, gets you into the nature in the jungle, in the cave. You do the zip lining through the jungle. It's such a unique experience. And again, it's along the way to one of the most famous tourist attractions, not only in Palawan, but in the Philippines in general, which is going to be the Puerto Princesa Subterranean River, which is also a national park, or for short, the Underground River. So lots of different interchangeable names, but the Puerto Princesa Subterranean River. This is what Puerto Princesa is known for. And I would highly, highly recommend this. If there was only time to do one thing in Puerto Princesa, this would be the thing. Well, I've never been there and I've never seen it. Can you put the visual in my head of what it looks like? So I'll put a little bit of a visual in your head. You start at a beachfront along the coast and you take a boat from the outside in the jungle into the river and the cave itself from the beach into the river and it's just such a unique experience and the cave is a little bit more intense than what we saw in beirut it is dark it's not lit at all but back up jamal we need to back up a little bit back, back it, it up, up. We need to back it up <laughs> because we have to tell you that you actually have to take a boat to the island to get to the river and Jamal was hit by a rogue wave. Ooh, I almost forgot about wave. it. I almost forgot about it. When I said my, like at the very beginning when we started this episode and I'm talking about Jamal carried a ham, Jamal reported Brittany as being kidnapped. I thought immediately after I forgot to mention that Jamal was taken out by a rogue wave. Yeah, I was here. So thanks for bringing it up, Brittany. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to let everybody know what happened. So yes, you do have to take a boat that takes you from one part of the island to the underground river itself. It's not on a separate island just to get where you need to go to get into the underground river. There is no road access, so you do have to take the boat. And Brittany and I have done this twice, both times when we've been to Palawan. So this was on the second time. And again, this was a family trip with Brittany's sister, brother, our niece, everybody, Brittany's mom. And so we were trying to get situated with the boats to go over to the underground river. And they said, oh, you have one too many people. Somebody has to go on a separate boat. So I volunteered to be separated from everybody else and go on the boat behind them. That's such a gentleman thing for you to do. I thought so just as well. And it turned out to be a fatal mistake <laughs> in a sense. And so I'm on the boat behind Brittany and her family. They're already landed on the beach. And these boats, you know... It's not like they arrive at a dock. You literally have to step down into the boat into ankle to knee-high water along the beachfront when you get down there. And so... Sorry, what kind of shoes are you wearing for this? Like, are you wearing tennis shoes or did they tell you to bring flip-flops? Oh, you only wear flip-flops in the Philippines. Gotcha, okay. okay. I may have been wearing flip-flops or shoes. I really don't remember, but point being, <laughs> I got wet all around here. So I ended up being gentlemanly and nice again and letting everybody who was strangers on that boat with me get off first. And I was the last person off the boat. I stepped down. The water is shin to knee high. And then all of a sudden, sudden a fucking huge ass wave breaks on the beach out of nowhere and when i say a huge ass wave it went from shin high water all the way to my fucking shoulder a big wave <laughs> oh just comes yeah a big wave just comes crashing in it ruins my phone that's in my pocket i actually have my digital camera with me just as well that gets soaked the wave was so powerful it knocked me over in the water so <laughs> oh i fell god. over and the wave washed me literally ashore oh my god and i just about had a fucking freak out just about oh. he definitely like, there's like, no way you didn't freak have out, a freak out. he Dude. wouldn't even talk to me <laughs> You know what, Jamal? I would be too if a fucking wave just took me. You guys, for reference, Jamal is like a little over six feet tall. So imagine a wave. Just hitting. about six feet. I am six feet. I wouldn't say over six feet. 
Okay. Well, I tried to give you a <laughs> just little extra. Clear. Well, I, I, I don't want to give myself any uh, extra advantage. I'm six feet. I think this was right after you just got a new phone. After yeah, that's why I was that's why I was even more pissed. Absolutely, I had just gotten a new phone from the one that was stolen from me when we went to Mexico. So whenever Jamal has these moments, I always say. And that's why we can't have nice things. And then he gets even more pissed. See, I had a freak out just because you had to get smart with me. And so there was, I think <laughs> I remember lip. another piece of the story was that there was a dry bag involved that didn't get used, that could have been used. I was going to bring that up too. And then also <laughs> the point where Brittany like looks back and Jamal's getting on the, the ground and then she looks back again. And now Jamal's going, Brittany. I don't remember yelling, but she asked me a stupid question like, what's wrong? I'm like, what do you mean what's wrong? I'm She's like, so, why are you in the water? My, my, phone, my phone is ruined and wet. Our digital camera is wet. And then now I'm going to have to sit 30 to 45 minutes on this boat ride into the cave that's cold inside, mind you, fucking soaked. And so it was just kind of a little shitty experience. So I was a little perturbed at first, but once I got on the boat, got my life jacket on and my hard hat, which they definitely do give you, you're going to look like a construction worker. It's like hazard orange colors, but I calmed down and I enjoyed my experience in the cave. Okay, so I've heard the story a million times, but I did not realize that it threw you to the ground. I thought that it just came up behind you and soaked you. So like the idea and the image of you being thrown and washed onto shore. Oh my God. I mean, like I would pay a lot of money to see that happen with you being surprised. You know, in hindsight, it's funny. In the moment, it was really fucking irritating. I would be so pissed. I would be so pissed. Especially with Brittany and her whole family just watching. Like, well, I know, that? you know, I feel like I make decisions to be nice and then sometimes it just comes back to bite me in the ass. And it was like that. I was like, why did I have to be the volunteer to not go on the boat with the family why did i have to let everybody go first off the boat when we landed <laughs> so but anyway so when you get to the part where you can take the canoe ride in there's a few things i want to tell you guys about so number one this river is so popular it was actually voted as one of the new seven wonders of nature Ooh. and by the way when we were there the first time Puerto Princesa Underground River was in contention with Jeta Grotto and oh. Lebanon for one of those spots, and Puerto Princesa, Princesa won it out. Wow. Yeah. So it's super beautiful. Like Jamal said, when you get in the canoe, you do have to wear a hard hat and a life vest, and then you also get headphones, and they give you the guided tour via the headphones, and it takes about 45 minutes. There is absolutely no lighting in the caves at all. So when they talk about a specific structure because the stalagmites or the stalactites look like certain formations, formations, they will shine a light on it so that you can see it. But there's no light inside the cave and you'll listen to everything via audio because there are bats and they want to help preserve like the natural habitat and not scare the natural wildlife, scare the natural wildlife away from the cave. And so once you're back on the island from the cave tour again, you might have the opportunity to see other wildlife on the island. We saw a monitor lizard, which is kind of scary if you guys have never seen one in person. How big are they? They're like three, four feet long. They're pretty big. They're super big. So you could see the monitor lizards. They have some peacocks on there, some pheasants. And so you will see some jungle wildlife out there. I mean, you're really out there in the jungle. Like we're saying island, beautiful waters, which it is. But don't be fooled. It's also a jungle. I don't think that I would like to be next to a four foot lizard. I don't want to be next to it necessarily, but I do want to see it. Me yeah. too. Me Are, too. I just see it grabbing my toe and taking me, like, dragging me into the uh, wild. <laughs> it definitely won't do that, I don't think. It's not, it's not a Komodo dragon. <laughs> I wouldn't want to come across a Komodo dragon. But aren't there monkeys out there too? There Brittany? are monkeys, yeah. And then although this is called the Underground River, the river is coming from the ocean. And you're only going to be able to explore about 1.5 kilometers of this cave. But it goes back, like, at least 6 kilometers. So once you're done with the cave and being on the island, you do have to take that boat ride back. Luckily, a wave did not take Jamal out on the way back, but he was still wet (laughs) and he was pissed because we were going to El Nido, which is the next part of the island we're going to talk about. And it's a five to six hour drive. And Jamal was so pissed because his clothes were still a little wet. Yeah, well, they were wet, but luckily we had our luggage and I was able to change a little bit, but I was freaking out because... I was like, my phone's no longer working. 
and now our digital cameras ruined. So my phone was permanently fucked, but the digital camera started to work after a month. So I got really lucky on that. I don't know why all of a sudden. If you had an iPhone, it would have been waterproof. Uh, I don't think they were (laughs) waterproof at that point. But one thing that I do want to go ahead and just say here, we're talking about the underground river and it is about 50 miles north of Puerto Princesa. So it's going to be hard to catch a taxi out there. So realistically, there's three options that you can potentially do. One is, you know, book a tour through Viator that's going to pick you up through the city and take you out there. It's going to include your entrance to the cave, the boat ride, etc. Or you can also book it through Mango Tours. So again, if you're going to go there, they arrange the transportation for you, which is what we actually did because we did mango tours, which took us there. And then it included the drivers to El Nido, which is on the north end of the island of Palawan. So if you're not going to do the drive, keep in mind, you would have to fly back to Manila, Manila to El Nido, if you want to avoid that five to six hour drive. But why don't you tell us a little bit about El Nido, Brittany? So El Nido, like Jamal said, is in the northern part of Palawan. And they are known for the beaches. They were rated some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And why? What do they look like? They're just these gorgeous white sand beaches. And it's just like a picture. If you open up a picture of the tropics, El Nido is what you imagine. So it has the white sand beaches, which is really, really nice. But I can't think of the name of these island and rock formations. But if you think of the little islands that you would imagine when you're in thailand for example those rock formations that come out of the water like right off the beach that have very little vegetation on it huge towering cliffs yeah yeah like right out of the ocean and the water yes yes so they have lots of those those out there and they have so they have lots of them that are close to the beaches and a little bit further away that you can take day trips out to explore them lots of sandbars out in the region so like we were talking about with Puerto Princesa for Honda Bay, how they have lots of islands and you could do island hopping. The same thing in El Nido, you, you do island hopping, snorkeling. That's what you do when you're there. So it's really, really nice, really, really beautiful. But what I like about El Nido is it's very recently starting to become a very big tourist destination. So until recently, it wasn't very popular for a lot of people to go to. So you are still going to find a lot of under developed hotels if you will and not very luxury and kind of run down in a sense but some of them are starting to get nice they know the tourists are coming in so when you go do your research on what hotel you're going to be at because why don't you tell them Brittany, about what happened when we booked one hotel one time so my mom again she used mango tours and it, they kind of do like a package for you like here's your hotel this is what you're going to do you know this is how we're going to transport you whatnot So the entire itinerary looked really, really good until we looked at the last hotel we were staying at, which was in El Nido, and it truly looked like a shack, and there was mosquito netting around the bed, and we looked at the pictures, and we're like, nope, we're not staying there. So we (laughs) contacted Mango Tours, and we're like, we need a better hotel for this portion of the trip, and luckily they were able to accommodate us. They did charge us like an extra $10 per person, but it was such an upgrade of the hotel. I would be scared to stay at the hotel that I saw online originally. Yikes. I, never... I am a budget traveler. so. <laughs> and what's funny is I remember one location that we were at in El Nido, we would eat on the beach. I think we did dinner there like three nights in a row, like on the beach, you would get to pick your seafood that was freshly caught. A restaurant would pick it up. A restaurant would cook it up. And we did see that hotel along that little beach stretch. And I said, Brittany, that's the hotel that we were going to stay at if we didn't do the upgrade to the nicer one. And woo, let me tell you, just even from the outside. So again, when you do go, since it is starting to become a touristy one, you will find the nicer ones, but you will still find a lot of the older hotels that haven't caught up to you know, really Western touristy standards. So do your research on that and make sure you're getting in a good one. 
And El Nido, like we said, they're known for the beaches, but this area is also known for island hopping by boat. And they do tours. So there's tours A, B, C, and D. And each tour has a specific island included in the tour. So if you pick tour A, you're going to see lagoons and beaches. If you pick tour B, you're going to see caves and islands. If you pick tour C, it's great for snorkeling and there's like a shrine. And tour D is like somewhere in between. It has like island beaches, but every tour is unique and you can either choose to do one tour or a combination of tours depending on the day. And this is through Mango Tours? No, this is just in general in El Nido. Like you can go pretty much anywhere and say like, I want to book this Uh, tour. Okay. And then are these each something that would last all day? So you can't do more than one in a day? You can do combinations. So if you want to do an all day, you can do like A and C or something like that. Or like just one would be like a half day. So you can book these tours through Mango, but if you book them direct when you're there, lots of the vendors that do these island hoppings, like it's pretty much standard. Like this is tour A, B, C, and D. Because they're kind of like, they're kind of by region of where you can go. So they already have them like preset. Okay. Like today I want to do A and B. There'd be like lots of little tourist areas where you can go buy them all around. Okay. That's pretty common in some of these popular tourist destinations. Yes. Okay, cool. Have you guys done any or which one would you recommend? We've done tour B and tour B. uh, Of course you did with the caves. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> the caves, they also have an island known as Snake Island. And it's really popular because it has a really unique sandbar that slithers through the section. And you can walk across the sandbar to another island. And this is where you definitely need your sunscreen because we walked across that sandbar <laughs> with absolutely no shade. And Jamal got fucking burnt so keep in mind we were out all day our boat i swear to god we shit into the stick we got like the only one that didn't have an overhead cover so i'm seeing all (laughs) these other boats that have overhead covers protection from the shade while you're out island hopping for whatever reason ours did not so that was also to my detriment so it didn't matter how much sunscreen i actually put on I ended up getting burned and I really felt it at the point when we got to Snake Island, which by the way, super cool. I mean, it's a sandbar island. So if you get there when the tide is low and you can walk across the sandbar, you can get to another island that you wouldn't be able to if the tide was a little bit higher. So again, really, really cool experience in that. But as we were walking across that sandbar in the no shade, I started to really feel it. I was like, man, fuck. My shoulders like really, really hurt. I was like, I, I got to put on some more sunscreen. It didn't matter. By the time we were going home for the day, I looked at my shoulders and they were fucking toast. And the next day I had second degree burns with fucking liquid blistering <laughs> on my shoulders. And Brittany has a, I want to say a cool photo, but it's really not a cool photo, if you will, of like a big peel of my skin after that blister popped it went from all the way from my shoulder pretty much to my elbow all as like one piece because it was filled with fluid under there so that's the worst sunburn i've ever gotten literally second degree burns with fluid (laughs) under them so once it blistered up jamal was getting out of a car and bumped his shoulder and Mm. it popped and you could see all of the liquid seep through his shirt it was so disgusting yeah we were getting out of the van and i was coming from the back and just the way i stood up i hit my shoulder like on the top of the door of like the slider and so as soon as i hit it i knew my blister had popped and then i was wearing a red shirt so it was red and then up here it was like black from the liquid not really black but you know what i mean darker like darker red because it was wet from the popping it but truly in the philippines you do need to bring your sunscreen jamal got his burns my brother actually got heat exhaustion and he was in bed for a few days what (laughs) oh my gosh a few days how long were you in el nido we were there for like two or three days so he spent the rest of the time in bed so the next day we were also supposed to do another tour but the weather was bad and our tour got canceled Mm. and it worked what was the weather I think it was too windy and the water was too choppy for them to operate because the boats are really small. Like they only fit like a family size, like maybe up to 10 people. Yeah. Don't think like these are big boats that are taking you from like island to island. These are really like local boats that are made out of wood. They have their little 
wooden gliders that are on mm-hmm. each side. So they have like a little engine that's not even part of the boat that they probably took off of a bigger boat and put back <laughs> and then steer with it. I mean, that's pretty common. That's how all the boats look like. So yeah, I mean, you don't want to be in choppy water and those things. I mean, it's definitely safe, no doubt, but you know, a little bit of wind, a little bit of chop makes it unsafe to really go that far out because the islands even though they're close they are far from one another we're talking like 10 miles from island to island throughout the day on those things um question for you real quickly backing it up to your second degree burn did you have aloe vera on you no Ooh. i did not were you able to get some anywhere i believe so Okay. And then two, I just want to throw out the irony that you were on Snake Island and snakes shed their skin and you were shedding (laughs) your skin on Snake Island. Way to adapt to the natural habitat. Yeah. You know, I just morphed into uh, the island vibes out there with the name. But let me say this, that equator sun doesn't mess around. Not that we were on the equator, but you're close enough to it and it don't mess around. It's beaming down on you. So... Take your sunscreen, cover up, have your aloe vera. Otherwise, you too will ironically shed your skin on Snake Island. And then for heat exhaustion, how do you avoid something like that? Well, hopefully you wear sunscreen and then a hat, some sun protection. And then when you're on an island, stay out of direct sunlight. And stay hydrated. Water. I don't think Tyler drank enough water throughout the day. And I think that's what kind of really did it. And keep in mind, it wasn't just, oh, it's here at El Nido. I mean, this entire trip in the Philippines, realistically, we're not in the big cities. We're in beachy island areas. So we're out in the sun for like already at this point a week, week and a half. So it's just constantly being in the sun all day. And I think it just got to him at that point. Mm-hmm. And definitely my burn got to me at that point too. So definitely. <laughs> was there another freak out involved? No, there wasn't another freak out. Just I got a little bit upset realizing that little no matter what I do and how often I was in the sun, I just can't get a base to uh, build upon. <laughs> I could build a burn, but not a base. So definitely check out El Nido. It has lagoons. The lagoon water is crystal clear and the turquoise blue, has beautiful beaches, caves, great snorkeling out there. There's so much to do. And uh, then when you head back to El Nido itself, definitely go check out Gusto Gelato because it's the best gelato in El Nido. That's random. I know. It's not even run by Filipinos, but some of the best gelato I've ever had. And they have mango flavors, coconut flavors, ube Real um, tropical stuff out there for you. I don't you. know how I feel about ube, but that coconut, so oh good. my gosh. Ube and coconut, oh my God. It was super bomb. We actually went there every day that we were on there. And like Brittany said, it wasn't even Filipinos who owned it. I believe they were a couple Israelis, were they I not? Think so. <laughs> and they just decided they loved Palawan, let alone El Nido. And like, we're going to set up shop right here. <laughs> and we went there every day. It was super, super good. And then we stayed right next to El Nido Beach. And this beach is super, super beautiful, gorgeous white sand again. And there's a ton of vendors lining the beach with seating on the sand. And um, if you like seafood, they have restaurants where you can pick out the fresh seafood and you can wait for it to be cooked. And then they also have non-seafood options, but it's super popular to go there during sunset because it has some of the most gorgeous sunsets I've ever seen. I think that was one of my favorite parts of El Nido. As much fun as I had seeing the beautiful clear blue water exploring the islands, I really enjoyed the whole aspect of having dinner on the beach, on the sand, and picking out my own food that was freshly caught and then having a restaurant cook it up. That fresh seafood, it just really enhanced the whole experience and then seeing those beautiful sunsets. So El Nido is not to be missed. That's for sure. Really awesome place. And Jamal is very finicky about getting into the water all the time. But in the Philippines, the water's so warm. Like first thing in the morning, even at midnight, you can get in the water and it's nice and warm. How did it feel on the second degree burns? Um, you know, what's really funny is this came at the tail end as we were headed to Manila and there's not really beaches in Manila <laughs> to do anything <laughs> like that. So I didn't get into the water really after that to have the salts get in the wound or have it more exposed because we didn't really do any beachy things after that fact. So I can't answer that question, but I can tell you it'd probably feel like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought maybe like you put your feet in the water or something like that. Oh, no. I mean, sure. But we didn't do any more island hopping at that point uh, or anything because, again, that tour we were supposed to do the next day got canceled due to 
the inclement weather and things like that. So, but one thing I do also want to mention real quick is a place that Brittany and I have not gone to in Palawan that we really, really want to go to. And I want to share it with you travelers. That way, when you plan your trip to the Philippines, you can be sure to include it. It is in Palawan, north of El Nido, one of the islands north of El Nido, and it's called Coron. And if you go to Instagram, see any travel blogs, or even hashtag Coron Palawan, you're just going to see these amazing blue lagoons, islands, and it has some of the best snorkeling and scuba diving that you can do. Apparently, there's dozens of sunken World War II Japanese ships in real shallow water mixed with those beautiful lagoon colors, and it's so serene, so nice. So I do want to say if you're out there, do add that on to the list. They do have ferries that go from El Nido to Coron and vice versa. So definitely do check it out because I know when we go back, we're definitely going to do it just as well. Oh my gosh, Kim and I are Googling pictures right now and it's insane. It's turquoise, blue, but clear water. And again, those super towering sea stacks with like greenery all over them and just makes you want to jump on a kayak and sunbathe out there it's so, so pretty so if that's a 10 corona el nido is like an eight and a half or nine so corona's just like a little bit above but el nido is like really really right there oh my just gosh, and as they well. have all these like over water huts we should yeah. definitely see but this one, one is more secluded so it has that more like mm-hmm. less touristy ambiance to it than el nido so just as nice but definitely do want to go and so if you have time and are staying there again they do have a ferry that you can catch from corona the reason why we've never gone is it just never really fit our schedule when we were there so i do want to make it a point and hey on that squad trip we're going to corona i can't wait palawan 2022 (laughs) yeah but Brittany, why don't you just if anyone is going to be flying into el nido or out of el nido why don't you tell them a little bit about the airport because it was such a unique experience yes so we actually flew out of El Nido back to Manila. It is such a small airport, so small that there are no walls. It's an open air airport like Hawaii. If you've ever been to Hawaii, some of them have open air airports and it looks like a hut. That's what it looks (laughs) like, like a a large (laughs) hut. And then because the planes that leave out of this airport are so small, they actually weigh you and your luggage and you have to be under a certain weight due to the propeller plane. What's the weight? Oh, I don't remember what the weight actually is now. I mean, these aren't like tiny little seaplanes that fit four people. I mean, we're talking like up to 30 people, but these are propeller planes. They're not really jet engine style planes. It was funny. You put your luggage and yourself on a scale at the same time just to make sure that like, you're in the weight Better allowance. Better not eat too much of that Filipino food before yeah. that flight. Or that I gelato. <laughs> <laughs> and then you walk onto the runway and go up the stairs to the plane. There's not like a terminal or How anything. Funny. Oh, I don't like the sound of a propeller plane. Oh my gosh. There's Dana, a lot of them in the Philippines. Like if you're going to go to the Philippines, you need to understand you're going to be riding in a, in a propeller plane. Um, okay, so I officially want to go book my trip right now. This place sounds amazing. Definitely have to. Philippines is really, really underrated as a whole, but Palawan just so beautiful. And I just want to say real quick, we didn't touch upon this when we were in Puerto Princesa, but I do want to mention a couple places to stay that we've actually stayed that are really, really nice. One of them is called Casa Fuerte bed and breakfast and what i really really like about this is you step into the hotel and their courtyard area is their restaurant and bar so they have a bar they have the restaurant there but it's really a nice open courtyard and it's so small i think there's maybe about 12 rooms probably and they all form like a square around that courtyard and it's just really nice ambiance in there and we stayed there i really really loved it so i would highly recommend it's central to everything and the most recent one we stayed at was the city-state Asturias Hotel Palawan, which is also really nice, breakfast buffet included, and you can't go wrong with the breakfast buffet. And so <laughs> I would highly recommend these ones. We've stayed there. They're really nice, good quality, good price. If you guys have any questions about a trip to Palawan, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. Jamal and Britt have been several times, and so we can answer any questions you may have as they come up as the years go on. 
Um, but I do think we have some questions of the week. It's time for questions of the week. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, my favorite time of the week. Coming in hot with questions of the week. Ask us now or forever hold your peace. Send in an email, a DM, or the gram. Questions of the week coming at you like bam. <laughs> what a solid rap. Oh, I love it. Okay, so our first question is coming from Floyd from Michigan. And he is asking, what's the perfect amount of time to spend on Palawan? And I'm wondering this myself. I would say probably five to six days on this island. To see... Puerto Princesa mm -hmm. and El Nido and be able to do some of the tours leaving from El Nido and do all of the things in between. And if you want to do Quran as well... I would say maybe seven to oh, eight if you're going to go ahead and do that. Because really in Puerto Princesa, it's a big city. And we mentioned this stuff, but realistically, the main highlights, the cave spelunking that we mentioned, the underground river. Which can be in one day together. They're further away from Puerto Princesa as if you're along the way. So like when you're leaving it, that you can do that on your route to El Nido if you're going to be doing the drive. So within Puerto Princesa, other than Honda Bay, which would probably be a full day, you don't need too much time. You're really going to want to spend your time in El Nido and then again, making it to Coron. All right, perfect. And next question is two words. Manny from LA says alcoholic drinks question mark <laughs> <laughs> so i know like cuba has pina coladas that they're they're really popular there so does the philippines or palawan specifically have any alcoholic tropical drinks that you would recommend so i don't know any by name in particular but in the philippines they are famous for their beers and so they oh. have like red horse which is their most popular beer and they're sold for like 50 cents to a dollar so Ooh. you can get them everywhere and what's the abv so really good question that's what i love about it so red horse is my personal favorite so the main beer of the philippines is san miguel you can consider it like the budweiser of america right largest beer company however red horse is their premium label and why i like it seven is their Ooh, alcoholic beverage lucky number. content yeah Ooh. so I get those over the regular San Miguel's. And let me tell you something, you just need two of those and you're feeling real prime. Mm -hmm. Let me Can't tell you that. Can't wait to drink those. And so that's what I really have. You know, you would think like tropical, you want some type of pina coladas or something to that effect. And like Brittany said, really, I can't think of anything that we came across as like a real specialty, but their beers are really good. They're easily drinkable. So I really like them a lot. And that's really what I would say for the alcoholic beverages. Cool. And then I just have a question selfishly um, off going off of that one. Any foods in particular? You mentioned seafood a lot, but anything else that someone should try on the island? Oh my gosh. Well, Anytime you go to the Philippines, it is such a good place to try food. You can get lumpia, you can get mm. pancit, which are like the glass noodles with vegetables and mm. pork or chicken. I would also recommend getting some sabao or synagogue, which is like a soup. Mm. And it has like bone broth in it and beef and a whole bunch of vegetables like bok choy and onions mm. and a whole bunch of really good. It's so funny. I wouldn't like think soup and tropical island. Yes, but you, you have to have it with the rice and chicken adobo, mm. and it's just so good. Because even though they have the soup, and you're right, you wouldn't think tropical, it's something warm. Yeah, I mean, they'll take it as bites, but even though they have some of those veggies, it's really mostly the liquid with the bok choy and maybe like the onions. But you take that broth and dump it a little bit on the oh. rice to kind of like soak it with your stuff. So nothing in particular that's specific to Palawan, but everything that Brittany mentioned, you can get as street food. Mm. So you do want to try those street food vendors. They even have a lot of crazy stuff, depending on how adventurous you want to be. I don't think you would want to be. <laughs> but when we were there, believe it or not, we got chicken intestines on a skewer. They would take their intestines and they would like zigzag <laughs> it like onto a skewer and they like barbecue it with the gizzards. So lots of crazy stuff, but really, really good stuff. But if we want to talk normal food for you, that's a must try. <laughs> I hate to say something that's not street food because I love street food when we travel, but this goes back to what Zaina was saying earlier. Mang Inasol. Consider it like the KFC of the Philippines, except it is not fried. This is roasted chicken, so freaking good. 
It comes with rice. It comes with that sabao soup that Brittany was talking about, but it's really the broth that you put on. So many different vinegars and peppers that you eat on the mm. side of it. The best part is $2 for that. Mm. You get like a big thigh, a leg, like your that. rice, your soup. I love it. The chicken's so moist, so tender. And believe me, like pretty much every other day in the Philippines, I eat mink and a salt. And I <laughs> highly recommend you do too. And for like an extra dollar, you can add on the option to do unlimited rice if you want. So that's unlimited really... Unlimited rice. Unlimited yeah. rice. Well, there White you rice? go. You get the rice and you put it in a bag. So when you get hit by the road... <laughs> well, that's cooked rice. I know. I my teas. Oh my God. I'm starving now after hearing about all this. Yeah, the food is definitely another underrated aspect of the Philippines, whether it be the street food or in the restaurants, you're not going to be disappointed. I just love the Philippines a lot. And, you know, very few places that I travel to, I go back again, not that I don't go to places and want to repeat them. I definitely do. I guess it's easier because Brittany's family is from there and we do take family vacations there, but I'm never disappointed like re-going back to the Philippines and I want to go back again. I love it so much, specifically Palawan. Yeah, I cannot wait to go, especially with you guys. Yeah, squad yeah. trip. Squad all right, that's all we have for you this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening with us this week. Please keep the adventures going. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Travel Squad Podcast. Send us in your questions of the week that you know I love so much. And tag us in your travel photos, too. We'd love to check them out. Yes, and if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend who will enjoy it, too. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have so many more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Woo! Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.